everyone. Welcome to Rambling Ronnie's podcast. This is a place where I talk about true crime, unsolved mysteries, and whatever else I feel like talking about. And today, um, I'm going to be doing a movie review, and I have a special guest on, and it's Cam from the Jacked Up Review Show. Hello, Cam. Hello. Thank Hi. you for having me on one of it- everyone's favorite 70s cult uh, comedy movies. Oh, <laughs> yeah. who am I kidding? It's a cult comedy exactly it's it's just one of the best movies ever and by this group of people who are just amazing they really helped shape for me learning comedy or what's funny and stuff learning satire and understanding more and stuff so it's like it's just exciting to me because it really represents a point in my life where I started making the connections with comedy you know like because there's so much with my life that I had a hard time talking with people I never knew how to converse with people you know and then and then sometimes people would say jokes and I'm like I think I get it but I'm too nervous to fully comprehend Uh, it (laughs) and so it's like watching Monty Python and so many other parody movies like Mel Brooks movies and stuff I think those really um even if I didn't understand as I got older and rewatched, I it helped shape I think comedy for me (laughs) so I'm excited that's a good point I (laughs) My parents were always talking about it. Uh, we saw more of it than we were even supposed to. Uh, we're talking <laughs> the nude emerging from a pit. Because uh, <laughs> it was just in another room playing. Um, but I mean, Python was always just kind of one of those where it's like everybody was seeing it. And I was probably one of the uh, Live of the Hollywood Bowl was definitely an unofficial first star rate movie I saw one day. You know, no one looked at the ring. It's like, it's Monty Python. And it's basically PG-13. It's just little over the top to where you know and and people will always find a way to censor something but to even you know it's in my opinion it's already offensive if you were to even put this on as an offensive as say you know last temptation or you know passion of the christ type yeah (laughs) (laughs) which barely even to do with jesus and more just people misunderstood or thought to be you know yeah Exactly. Like, um, which I don't know if I explicitly said at the beginning, but we're reviewing Life of Brian from Monty Python, which so yeah, amazing movie released in 1979. And I can really see like I meant to look it up and I didn't but I feel like uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker like really are influenced by Monty Python. I'm sure I've like heard that before. And you can just tell by the ridiculousness of their movies because it's it is a it's this movie that is based about like you know it's it's following the satire of like of the whole Jesus story, but really it's a lot of that and like any parody, it's like really the the commentary on people and stuff, you know. So that's just they did that with humanity. Holy Grail for yeah. God's sakes. They opened <laughs> yeah. it up, heathens, you know pagans you know peasants you know it's like <laughs> it's just the format is like the mention you know we're still having it today where we're seeing a lack of double standards by you know just religious entities and it's just like if i have to say someone's name explicitly for it to matter then you're already not ready to listen and that's what they're overall making fun of is i mean and you gotta love it when they're on the cross at the very end they're all seen you know always look on the bright side of life that is comedy brilliance exactly and what a way to after everything like you know the one thing this movie is an hour and 34 minutes but it It feels a lot longer to me well to me it feels actually kind of longer because I feel like there's so much stuff that happens you know just all these these like it's like going through this big part of Brian's life of him like it's like his um you know going into adulthood or something or his like yeah you know and it's like him discovering himself so discovering intimidated <laughs> when he wakes up in bed with a prostitute I think, the <laughs> next day he's just like wait how to get here it's like yeah too good of, much of a fun time <laughs> but like yeah totally so it's just so i think it to me it feels like it's like it's dense you know even though it's short it's kind of dense in a way like because there's so much random like funny stuff so much like things that make you think of different things like yeah it well, um, I'm I'm with you. I feel like they kind of lost some of it in Meaning of Life, where it's just like that was just outtakes from you know now for something completely different in their main show. But yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> uh, you'd be hard pressed to say that the Pythons didn't do their you know very best every single chance that they got. <laughs> oh, exactly. And like with this, like you know, the more I I looked up things, the more I was like, I didn't realize this about the movie, or you know, like I like looking things up. A lot of the characters I didn't even know the names of the characters. <laughs> like, so I knew Brian, like he called himself Brian Cohen, and his I'm mom, not the Messiah, yeah, <laughs> and like his mom's like, um, you know. <laughs> 
Mr. Cohen's not your father. And then I was like, so I was hearing Cohen, but I didn't actually realize her name is Mandy Cohen, <laughs> which, uh... which cracks me up because that's such a like modern sounding, you know, like Mandy Cohen, you know, the soccer mom down the street or something. Oh, she's or a whatever. public health official nowadays, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that just cracked me up, just looking up all these things. So, um, which um, I wanted to touch on as we're kind of like talking about it, um, mentioning the, like the way people with, you know, I mean, sorry for anyone listening who is extra religious and maybe don't listen. doesn't, <laughs> yeah, don't listen. Not ready to listen. <laughs> You're already not probably my fan base, but <laughs> um, yeah. <Aren't> you? Oh, <laughs> but like the thing of, these scriptures and stuff is it's it's really this these guides for people for how to live their lives back in the day and so it is all metaphorical so at the beginning you know it um when we get past the first scene of the wise men then they go to to watching where jesus is standing and he's like doing his like little speech for everyone and then <laughs> and so then you get to the people in the back first it's brian's mom uh mandy cohen and she's like speak up and he's like mom be quiet you know you're embarrassing me she's like she's like well i can't hear anything and then there's the little group of people and the one guy he's just like they're talking about um blessed are the cheesemakers and they're like um at like the one I think his wife says something. He's like, "Oh no, it's not meant to take be taken literally. It's referring to anyone who's a who's a manufacturer of dairy product." <laughs> and it's like, which kind of is that key thing? Is that kind of like the Salem witch trials? Just well, so many of the religious, you know, elites, you know, well, having all these Roman death squads, and <laughs> it is as wild as like they can pick. I mean, it does kind of go back to even just the bring out your dead segment in Holy Grail. It's just making fun of just how it just the follow the leader, you know, of the yeah. Odyssey. And and, and you're you know, you, you gotta read between like it's it's again like he is saying it's metaphorical, it's not saying anything specific, but then people start taking these things and, and apply them in a literal sense and it's not right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, funny. you're you're one of the nincompoops on screen. You're taking it too, literally, you know. <laughs> yeah. Which you could even give parallels to today's world it's like hey no 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 suspect don't shoot on site you know ask questions <laughs> later not cool and it's believe it or not you want to know a non-candy fact uh who did the set design on this yes yes so <laughs> the award-winning set designer roger christian of the original star wars he no was way. also second unit director on return of the jedi and phantom menace and then directed the dud known as battlefield earth many years later but he was also the set designer on other 70s hit movies like Alien, and this was like one of his other ones he did before that. And I'm like, it's interesting. It is a very well-designed movie for a comedy. Well, know? and you know what's really funny is I'm sure you're probably going to bring it up and we'll talk about it now is like the funding for the movie is um, is George Harrison, right? Like they, yeah, they fell of all through. People, so, no one else was going to give him money, so why not yeah. work with one of the Beatles? So I think you can tell that the people involved, they care about this movie. They think it's funny. They see the, you know, which, so to hear um, that the set designer, he's someone kind of notable. It's a good movie, even yeah. though the material is, you know, morbid. <laughs> but it's so ridiculous and funny. They must have had a fun time, like, um, making it and stuff. Because, uh, like, I saw some one piece of trivia that, claim that uh graham chapman who plays brian at the scene when he opens the window to the crowd there was actually like two thousand people there and some were like locals to that area so there's all these muslim women like trying to cover their faces they're like oh wow <laughs> which i I'm think not... i did hear that but i forgot about it it might have been in one of the documentaries i think on the life of python <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean and some facts like i'm just kind of cherry picking from stuff i read maybe there's things that i might have not gotten accurate but that's something i did see so if it's true it's really funny and then another trivia kind of related to that because he's got his penis exposed and <laughs> and i don't know how true this is but supposedly um they could tell that he wasn't circumcised and clearly his character was so they had to do stuff to try to <laughs> make it more accurate i'm like i guess if someone's looking that closely i mean i didn't look that close to notice but they want accuracy right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so oh, man. yeah and it's just it's so great like the it, the start of the movie is you know actually i can't even say that every time there's a new scene i'm like this is my favorite scene no wait this is my favorite scene no this is my favorite scene i can't pick a favorite because they're all so funny like 
when <laughs> wise men come in and they bring the gifts, they think they found baby Jesus. They're led by a star. And, and, the, and Mandy Cohen's like, you know, like, like, it's what are you doing accessible. here? <laughs> yeah, well, and she, the way she, she reacts to them, she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, we've, we've come to bring presents for the new Messiah. And she's like, she's like, what, <laughs> like, what led you here? Like, he's like, they're like, oh, the star. And she's like, well, maybe a bottle led you here, but not a star kind of thing. She's all sassy with them. And, and, and they're like, well, we brought presents. She's like, oh, well, why didn't you say, come in, come in, you know, if we've got presents for me, come on in. And just that whole scene, all the little, the little com like the conversation between them is the funniest thing to me <laughs> like the bomb the bomb part where she <laughs> she's like she's like well, so what presents did you bring kind of thing and they're like we brought um gold frankincense and myrrh and she's like so what's the myrrh for they're like oh it's a bomb and she's like a bomb why would you why would you give him that it might bite him and they're like what she's like there was an animal named a bomb or did i dream it like it's the most <laughs> random thing <laughs> and then they're leaving and she's like yeah thank you thank you for the gifts thanks for the gold frankincense don't worry so much about the myrrh next time <laughs> which then goes into the amazing intro song <laughs> i mean a wild out I, I think graham chapman has a little more time to shine here compared to some of the other get-togethers yes this is definitely i was reading in the trivia that john cleese wanted the role but they thought he would be more better as one of all these other characters that he did which of course in typical fashion they all are doing multiple roles and it's just the funniest <laughs> characters of course uh, if we go through each person like graham chapman biggest dickus brian cohen um one of the wise men <laughs> and yeah uh john cleese so there's all these characters but reg definitely one of the funniest um uh, the first centurion that made him <laughs> Gave him the grammar lessons. <laughs> okay, so it was nineteen million dollars it made. <laughs> wow! And how much did George Harrison? Uh, if you got that in front of you, how much did he invest into it? Let's see. There's a two-hour rough cut they made. Terry Jones did most of the directing. Yeah, with Gilliam concentrating on the look of the film, with the designs and towers. He invested three million pounds, George Harrison. Oh wow, so that's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was jokingly described by Terry Jones as the world's most expensive cinema ticket. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is kind of cool. I mean, I was a big fan of Terry Jones, and he did a later Disney adaptation years later that was like with rats and frogs and everything that was <laughs> very amusing and. Uh, totally flopped and yet we saw it and we were just i remember seeing that with our siblings before we even really had much of a take on it and we we're like that's pretty amusing <laughs> <laughs> what uh were your parents uh like did they show it to you or were they always watching it kind of thing we definitely yeah. had seen it many times growing up i know we saw it i think around the 2000s and we just said hey you guys are all teens we're gonna watch this now and it was one of those where the story kind of took my mother back a bit is like hey, you know because it was there, there is a little, I don't, I don't want to say dead space, but there are some moments where it's like, you got to be dialed in or you're going to miss something really amusing. Yes, that's the thing is, um, like, I mean, like I was saying, uh, some of the characters and stuff, like the names I didn't even know, which are kind of, are just funny references in themselves. Like, uh, what's the one guy's name? Uh, John Young is the actor and he plays <laughs> the, the guy who's the... <laughs> The, the the guy who's at the apartment that's kind of opening and shutting the door and and, and when the, the the second or third time or whatever the guards come back and he's like you haven't given us time to hide yet that guy he's <laughs> he's so funny but his character also his name is Matthias son of Deuteronomy of Gath which I was like I have to look up what any of that means and Matthias means son of God and then Deuteronomy which I'm probably saying that wrong, but it's one of the books. It's some original kind of like scripture book kind of thing. And then Gath is just some ancient city in Israel kind of thing. And so it's just, <laughs> just random stuff. And same with um, Pontius Pilate. Uh, I actually didn't realize that was the name of the official who presided over the trial of Jesus and ordered his crucifixion. <laughs> yeah. crucifixion. So it's some serious like, stuff in there where it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where it's like, like not even scripture. completely applicable but like uh to the story Easter but eggs it's done right though because like yeah. so many other times you see movies where they're concentrating way too much on the behind the scenes jokes it's like no 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 no. you do that after you got everything else done when you got 
free time. You know? <laughs> yeah. Still got a show to put on. But yeah, The Wind in the Willows was another one. And that that had them basically playing, you know, animals with, you know, you know, obviously they're human with makeup. And I, I think just seeing enough of the Pythons just growing up and just all the other st- sort of stuff they had worked on. Like Terry Jones also wrote Labyrinth. Uh, you know, Eric the Viking, that's just kind of the only misfire for me personally. It's just Python humor, but like they hired other people to be in it who weren't ready to kind of do that kind of stuff and go for it. And uh, But I, it's cool that MGM, you know, CIC is actually the company, but before they were acquired by MGM, you know, it's cool to know that they distributed a lot of their material. And I think I can credit anyone who I haven't, who hasn't been introduced to them. I often notice that they just kind of, I don't know, like they somehow were denied it. It's very rare that I even encounter some UK persona who hasn't, you know, listened to them. It's Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, just a very delightful group that uh, just who is it's kind of wild how they stuck to their guns they weren't even a hit in britain back in the day they were considered too petulant <laughs> yeah down here in the united states and it's just it's so inspiring when it's like they seeing a group of people to that work together them and like any other numerous comedy troops kind of thing like just to see that creativity and because it's them and their heart and soul that's probably like why it translates better when it's all of them working together in the movie compared to you know maybe other projects that had like different actors or something because it's like these are the people who wrote it who created it together probably were just sitting around laughing and having a blast creating it so then they really are in like the the characters and in the moment and in the story and stuff because they created how they this are with world. any role yeah yeah, yeah. just <laughs> like they do in the coconuts that symbolizes <laughs> hey we can't afford you know horses you know they're doing a lot of those other same kinds of perks just like you say establishing this guy is the religious bigot this guy is the peasant who runs everywhere and this, this is the guy who just almost got you know uh crucified i love how what i did see is that Richard Webster for a brief history of blasphemy documentary book noted how it wasn't so much that it was a satire on religion as it was just the establishments just fearing the offense that it could potentially cause. And it's just like, it just showed that people have their barriers up before they're even ready to listen. And that actually played into the market marketing, how in Sweden it was marketed as a film so funny that it was banned in Norway. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one too. I was like, wow. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> usually thinking outside the box in many ways I, I don't see how South Park could exist without something like this you know it's like if someone wasn't going to do this then someone else was yeah no exactly like you can really see the impre- like the the influence that that Monty Python has had with and when the- you have politicians <laughs> quoting what have the Romans ever done for us it, it almost <laughs> make it reminds me of how real life politicians were taking I don't know political shows like 24 too seriously it's like you just have some serious jokes of people who are very high ranked who uh, always feel like some I mean you kind of saw that with uh don't look up how you know I didn't care for that satire compared to Adam McKay's earlier stuff I thought Vice and the big short were just way more witty but I I will applaud the movie for offending every corporate entity on the planet they're like oh no they're talking smack about me I'm like yeah that's the point of the movie buddy (laughs) yeah well, you I mean, get the right to complain when you know what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, not exactly the same thing, but it just just thinking of the way people, if you like talking about politics or something, the way people they get so they pick their side and get so passionate and feel they identify and tie themselves to like a political group or whatever kind of thing and so it's it doesn't matter what people will say they still they keep that mentality and in that scene with reg and all the 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 gang when they're you know they're talking about what did the romans ever do for us the famous scene of them then they're just like um the aqueducts um they brought health (laughs) care um they built roads yeah but what else did the romans ever do for us and then finally the last guy's like um they brought peace and he's like oh shut up (laughs) 
it's just it's like yeah, yeah there's there's people who just can't be willing to to disengage themselves it's like this weird uh tribal mentality or something where it's like this is where i align myself and i can't change my way of thinking or acknowledge if someone's doing something good which i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> just because for the sake of it you know or whatever because they're like we don't like the romans they're coming here and changing stuff even though yeah it's like they're restating the jokes improperly in some cases <laughs> some <of> these people <laughs> oh some people should just not be watching comedies they're just <laughs> too dim-witted uh kenneth coley who you might know as one of the admirals and the original Star Wars movies, you know, Empire and Return of the Jedi plays Jesus. He had originally been in Jabberwocky by Terry Gillian. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, no, I, I didn't see that. So that's something I'll have to that add. That was one of the list. few which we had to stop watching because it's like, it's not funny, funny. It's more, once again, satirical, making fun of kingdoms. But for the most part, it's basically a horror fantasy movie. People getting killed. <laughs> and we were like, okay, Terry Gillian, man, pretty dark there. <laughs> Well, now I have to, I have a lot, um, especially from Terry Gilliam. I'm not sure if it's good or not, but it is Terry Gilliam. The, is it Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium? Yeah, I haven't watched that one yet, but I, I always, it was always in the back of my mind because it, it was something more newer, not super new. I guess it's probably been somewhere in the 2000s or something. And I've just for years been like, I should watch this and never watched it yet. <laughs> one of my favorite speeches I just kind of want to share this is just kind of going down another direction here but it's the prophets <laughs> it just <laughs> makes kill so when those all those pro those those people being prophets are standing and giving their speeches um and so there's the blood and thunder prophet and then there's the false prophet then it goes to the boring prophet played by michael <laughs> palin and i just want to read this because it like kills me every time it's my favorite the way he does it his mannerisms and what he's saying it just is the funniest so he's like there shall be in that time be rumors of things going astray um and there shall be a great confusion as to where things really are and nobody will really know where lieth those little things with sort of a raffia work base that has an attachment at this time a friend shall lose his friend's hammer and the young shall not know where lieth the things possessed by their fathers that their fathers put there <laughs> only in the only just the night before about eight o'clock uh, yeah it is written in the book of cyril that not, <laughs> just my favorite part just <laughs> their fathers put there only just the night before <laughs> It's such a specific thing. Very, very particular. <laughs> uh, just too many like moments that really make me make me giggle. Oh, totally. Um, uh, did you notice Carol Cleveland, who was in a bunch of the Python skits? Which one is she specifically? Okay, yeah, she's the blonde. Carol playing. Cleveland, Mrs. Gregory, because <laughs> yeah, because. <laughs> The husband's name is Gregory, and her she name's plays Mrs. Gregory. Zoot, uh, one of the <laughs> oh yes, Zoot. I'm Holy Zoot. Grail. <laughs> Holy Grail. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, I can imagine they must have the same people that they go to that that and are their go-to extras. We're so distracted by all the other ones being like the big parts. <laughs> exactly, but that's the one thing I with Holy Grail because I had that DVD for many years. Oh, I'd yeah. always watch the extras and like the the director's commentary <laughs> and like the extras especially with the set which now going into that movie i mean it's monty python we can talk about that too <laughs> um oh, but, <laughs> uh yeah their set just the way they had the one castle they filmed in and there's scenes where it looks like they're walking up a stairwell or into another room and it's actually just a little weird random entryway that leads into nowhere like because speaking of zoot it made me think of that scene especially because they're showing like you know she's she's leading um michael palin's character um into like up a staircase but it's actually just going into a random little hole kind of thing and so it's, it, it, you know i can't imagine being someone in the creativity that that you have to have on set for creating sets but using... even the bit parts like miss big nose or giggling <laughs> guard or matthias is like they all have a pretty cool part <laughs> the man do. moving further forward <laughs> and obviously we know the weedy samaritan he's the one who you know gets in the buffs he's done a lot of things he's some of the various like peasants in the background and get attacked in Holy Grail, the minstrel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And oh, with uh, Mrs. Gregory too, at the end of that scene at the beginning, um, I think it's it's Terry Gilliam who is playing the one character in front of them that turns around and is like, shh. And then by the end of it, he's fighting with Mrs. Gregory and someone's pulling them apart. Like... <laughs> as the scene changes <laughs> you're just like what did that happen because <laughs> because first a uh, big nose guy or uh, turns around <laughs> and like punches her so he's like all right 
you say it again, I'll I'll punch you or whatever. And then the guy's like, ah, oh, big nose, the, like Mr. Cheek played by Eric Idle. So he turns to punch him, but then punches Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. George. Yeah, when they yeah. do a physical gag, it's not even remotely <laughs> close to, you know, doing, you know, March Brothers or Stooges. Oh my gosh. I really was had when I was trying to look up stuff because I, I was just Googling like the different, because I'm like, okay, like the Easter egg thing, like what, there's got to be more meaning to some of these characters' names and stuff I don't realize, like or references to history or to the religious stuff. And so I was looking up Biggest Dickest because I was like, is that... <laughs> Could that have been a real person? And someone did make a, a like Wikipedia type page about it. And I was like, is this because it had like a date, approximate date for when he, you know, was ruling and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, really? And then as the I was reading, got to be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but it, of course, it's all just a fake page about um, Biggest Dickest. On Encyclopedia, more like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's really funny because they have a picture of Graham Chapman playing uh, where he's like stretched out on the couch as big as Dickus, and it says <laughs> from the historical uh, of uh, still from the historical film Life of Brian, played with the uh, biggest Dickus, played by Laurence Olivier or something. <laughs> and I was like, <sighs> wait, what? <laughs> yeah. It just made me giggle. It's just very much like <laughs> a satire, like continuing down the vein of satire, everything that is related to to this movie. So it made me laugh. Oh, totally. It's cool seeing, I mean, Grimm was kind of the leader, but you kind of remember all the other ones like Tim the Conqueror, you know, the Sorcerer guy, you know, and all the <laughs> other guys. And, you know, he's kind of the about face, you know, it's like in Holy Grail, he was like, I am Arthur, King of the Britons. Just got to, I got to remind you. And here he's like, I'm Brian, but I'm not the Messiah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he wants to be avoided. And it's just so cool to see him carry it still. And, and I mean, the fact that the man was, you know, studying to be a doctor and got into comedy, you know, and he was so yes. studious when being with them. You know? Yes. And it's just so sad, like, um, cause he ended up getting like throat cancer or something and, you know, passed away from, and it just, I don't and know. It makes happen to good people. And it's it, like, exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's so sad. It's just like, which, yeah. You know, yeah, totally. One of those things, but you know, the, the progressiveness with some of the things that are comedic touches, but also, are that social commentary thing like Loretta, right? (laughs) (laughs) I want to have babies, but she can't have babies. Where are you going to raise them? You're going to put them in a box? (laughs) That just made me giggle. But it's like, but that like when that came out 79, you know, we're how many years later, right? What, 40 years later, almost or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and we still have people that can't even comprehend people you know wanting to with yeah. gender and all that stuff but it's funny how they, not they include that <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but not that it's, we care but it's great that they include like just random things like that and uh it's funny in that moment too because like when when reggie's like coming down on loretta um then judith says you know she's like wait 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 can we agree that um it's not <laughs> you know it's no one's fault um, not Loretta's, not even the Romans, that Loretta can't have a baby, but she can have the right to have a baby kind of thing. And uh, <laughs> and and as she's saying that, like, like Eric Idle playing Loretta is kind of like just sitting because he was like crying for a second because Reggie was being so harsh. But then then like as Judith is talking, he starts to get like a smile on his face and is like opening up his <laughs> face more and stuff. <laughs> it's just it's such such a funny little scene. <laughs> Oh, and, totally. all, and then when they're like you know the judean people's front because they're like oh are you the judean people's front and they're like fuck off judean people's front we're the people's <laughs> front of judea <laughs> and then and then they're like um everything is she- misunderstood because no one understands <laughs> and it's like all a bunch of the same like same shit different pile i guess and they're like oh the same shit different pile <laughs> But they uh, then they're pointing out the populist people's front and it's just like or popular people's front. And they're like, that's kind of what ah, it all is. All these popular people. I mean, uh, I don't know about your school situation, but, you know, when I was in elementary, it was pretty much for rich kids. And so they treated everyone like a peasant. And so for me, it's kind of eye opening to just kind of see is like, yeah, like, like you say, we're having the privilege pick on the less fortunate. But we're it does go further than, yeah, Holy Grail by showing just like everybody belongs to a club and if you're not in the club then yeah you know get a new street corner (laughs) (laughs) 
well yeah i mean everyone wants that feeling of inclusion and stuff and that's how inclusion and yet like they're happen. secluding so to speak more people is like you'd have more friends by now if you were more open your eyes like the so-called religion you're preaching you know well that's that's what's fu- so funny about the it's religion the... in general but it's just a commentary on just stuff that's you know will never go away unfortunately there's always someone who wants to gatekeep <laughs> well and within the movie it's uh they've got like that the one guy that's by himself and it's funny they're like oh the popular people's friend but it's the one guy sitting there by himself and they're like wanker well they don't say that but i can't remember what they call him. <laughs> they're thinking it they're thinking it it's like <laughs> it's like popular oh, people's friend yeah and i mean that scene's so funny because of the gladiator too when it's like the gladiator games the guy's just like huh he drops the shield and sword that he has and just runs in the circle and the gladiator's following him and just <laughs> has a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, it, that goes back to even kind of like the author drawing the cartoons in Holy Grail who suddenly gets a heart attack. It's just that, that moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. of, <laughs> Which whoa. is like those random moments because I think it's Terry Gilliam, right? That does all the artistry and stuff mm-hmm. for them. And all he, that. Yeah. And playing is... multiple roles. And I was already used oh. to that with Jim Henson and Star Wars. And it's like the next best thing. And uh, I'm sure SpongeBob takes a lot from that. Just that whole, <laughs> the author comes out of the sky and like erases someone's, you know, face. And it's just so cool to see it. They don't really do too much of that. I don't, I mean, if it's fourth wall breaking, it's probably with the commentary. And it's just so sad that, more recent movies like of the 2000s were you know like year one you know were instantly mocked as like a poor man's you know life of brian because it's like oh. they're making fun of roman times but they don't have much to say you know year <laughs> one was so funny to me and i don't know why people didn't like it as much like there's just all i kind these, of found like, it amusing in the theater it just kind of was very lazy like, i like yeah definitely that but there's Jack just Black made it way better than that <laughs> There's just some moments that crack me up because I, mean, I think I wasn't trying the, to take it you know, seriously either. Like no, I was like, I know. This. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime there's someone in a historical fiction, it's often mocked as like a Forrest Gump knockoff, knock even if it's based on a true story. And you're just like, <laughs> I don't have to compare it to every single movie. It's similar, but that's about it. <laughs> well, I'm breaking the fourth wall. That's the, the random scene, which kind of a it's almost mentioned later because as i was you know i read that little speech that the the boring prophet said but he does mention like someone losing a hammer and like when the the scene of of brian falling into an alien spaceship and going into space like that is just the most random thing i was like what the hell is this the scene that goes on and on (laughs) i wonder if george harrison (laughs) gave him a doobie and said (laughs) we thought what would be like if you know, Roman period Dude. people try to go to the moon. What do you think of uh, John Cleese as it's either Reg or Wiseman, but I remember he's one of the Roman soldiers. He's like the main iron guard, basically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he's um... just like, yes, your lord, yes. And he just he does a good job just reminding everyone, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm I will jump off a cliff. Uh, the emperor. The, <laughs> you know? Like when he's with um Pontius uh, Pilate, I keep saying it because I just learned how to say it properly because I kept saying like. I kept like I kept forgetting and, and not saying it right. I was like, "What precious Palante or what is it?" <laughs> it's right. <laughs> but and he, I uh... love Avli, man. This website <laughs> helps me remind 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 me like who plays which character yeah yeah seeing the characters that's the big thing yeah like because you can read the names but you're like which one is that because you don't know their names that's why like i was saying i was so surprised by seeing some of the named names of the characters so i'm like i didn't realize they even had a name because they're just the random random character but you're like oh uh george or whatever and mrs george (laughs) like i'm like oh they have (laughs) actual names but um (laughs) he he's so funny when because brian because they're bringing brian in to see pond pilot and and he's like questioning him and stuff and and first the the guard because he's like throw him on the floor and and uh john cleese <laughs> is like do what sir and he's like throw him on the floor and he's like oh yes sir and he throws him on the floor that he's like oh uh what's his name or whatever and he's like uh, uh yes sir and he's like no what is his name kind of thing and he's like oh uh about 11 o'clock like he's not understanding what Pontius is saying <laughs> it's just the little moments of that they add just of silliness that's that's, that's so good oh dolly <laughs> and yeah just some other random trivia random. oh well <laughs> just yeah like just the stuff that's on here on imdb kind of thing like because here it's referencing the flying circus live at aspid 
And because of the massive protests against this movie from all denominations of Christianity, mm-hmm. you joke with Michael Palin, we've brought them all together for the first time in 2000 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> something. <laughs> for me, this movie, especially, always look on the bright side of life. My dad would always be randomly singing that. Now it's just... When I was rewatching the movie too, I was just like singing along and whistling with it. And my one cat was like freaking out because he apparently liked the sound of it or he's trying to trying to tell me to shut up. I don't know. But <laughs> it's it's just so charming and just just a nice good movie. <laughs> totally. Oh man. Right. Is there like who's your favorite character you say besides Brian? I mean, it kind of goes without saying, but like do you have any other favorite characters, I guess? <laughs> I funny Definitely. seeing Terry Jones play, you know woman in drag as mandy yes mandy <laughs> cohen yes you didn't do it he's not the messiah well the fact that i think i don't know i think it's just me but i just am like still on the inside always laughing hysterically because mandy cohen i didn't realize she was a mandy you know i just didn't see that for her name so it, it just tickles me <laughs> <laughs> um no, so totally. definitely her and the boring prophet like he's just such a small role that one and it makes me laugh and the guy with the vow of silence it's like I like to liken myself to him sometimes because it's like I was very shy and quiet when I was younger and sometimes now it's like yeah (laughs) I was like so incredibly almost nonverbal though it seemed like and now it's when I get into something and want to talk about it and just go on obnoxiously for a long time it's like I just want I feel like him where I'm like I've taken a vow of silence for 30 years and now I, I just want to sing and I want to dance and blah blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then and that part's funny when he jumps out he's like my juniper bushes and and you know he's got the longest beard and like all the hair around his 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 uh safety zone (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah what's your favorite or which characters do you think are your favorites Uh, i mean you mentioned mr big nose but i mean yeah i I definitely think mary's pretty funny brian is just a lot of cool to watch but yeah i think i just remember weedy just the most (laughs) (laughs) just stripping everywhere um i kept saying george too but it's gregory gregory and mrs gregory one of those genies the giggling guard (laughs) is pretty funny and obviously you know spike leaves an impact and Again, we mentioned Mrs. Big Nose, and yeah, uh, probably a tie between Weedy and Brian, but yeah, I mean, just Mandy is funny, just because, again, you know, it's just expressions. And she shows up throughout the whole movie, and every moment is just gold for her to me. Like, you know, and she's like, your father isn't Mr. Cohen. Your father is actually a centurion. His name was Nautius Maximus. He's like, oh, you were raped by a Roman? She's like, well at first <laughs> you see they they know how to stretch it out and the timings so it's like that's that's why it's just not gonna offend like a typical movie goer because it's i mean it's like kind of the reason tarantino gets away with what he gets is like you've got to just make it very apparent that not that you don't care about any backlash but that you are in on what you are saying instead of just saying an off-color remark and like whoa so you say that because he believes it, you know. Yeah, if you the minute you cause any reasonable doubt, that's when you divide half your jury that is the audience, you know. <laughs> yes. And you know, like I did have some lingering questions though, um, at <clears throat> the end. So I don't know if you have any that might come up as I'm kind of saying this, so feel free to jump in. But the first thing I I was thinking of, which kind of goes back to <laughs> Nautius Maximus. Well, Brian talks about Nadius Maximus and then that creates the joke name and then it, it's the biggest dickest part with Michael Palin going around, which a part of trivia said that they they practiced the scene without the extras. And then with the extras, they he was actually challenging them not to laugh. And you could almost see him cracking a few times like himself, like smiling and trying to laugh, oh, as I he's, bet. you know, and so um, it Something makes me wonder. you're not going to see until you've seen it five different times. <laughs> Well, and, and when he, Brian says, my dad's name is Nadius Maximus, then John Cleese laughs. And that's when he says, well, it's a joke name, sir. So I was wondering, did Brian's dad lie to his mom about about his name? You know, so because because uh, um, she's like, Nadius Maximus promised me the known world he did. Then he left straight like a rat out of an aqueduct, you know. <laughs> and so did he lie and just just, you know, to get his bang on. So which sucks. Probably. Um, he wanted to ensure that he left a bunch of bastards without mothers <laughs> or fathers <laughs> behind. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, so Brian was 
granted freedom, but then they released the wrong Brian. Oh, exactly. He was never going to get it. So well, what and, does the character want? It, he wants freedom. It's like kind of Mr. Cheeky Guy or whatever, Eric Idle, who's like, hey, I, hey, I'm Brian, you know, and they let him down. He's like, wait, no, I'm actually not Brian. And earlier he was saying, oh, don't worry, my brother's going to come save me. He does it all the time. And, um, <laughs> and so I was wondering, will the guy who took Brian's freedom, is he going to possibly maybe send his brother to help Brian? So I was no. wondering if that might no. <laughs> it, it's it's a total you know, it's kind of a I'm Spartacus you know. <laughs> they can, and it sounds like the guy's just been in like so much trouble. I mean, pretty much that's why they had to just go instantly into making a musical to get your mind off the fact that like these guys are unlikely to be saved, and just given the time circumstances and just again just how. <laughs> It's a witch hunt. Everybody will believe everything. You know, they already fear the emperor himself. So, yeah. It's like... Hey, I'm still curious and holding out some hope. Maybe that guy sent his brother to help. <laughs> you know, oh. uh, just like the <laughs> finally we see the Judean people's front, but they send the suicide squad. <laughs> so, that, well, because at the end of the movie, that suicide squad, they're like, oh no, it's the Judean people's front. But it ends up being their suicide squad, and then all they do is kill themselves, so they don't do anything. And the one guy, the last one to die, is like, see, we sure showed them. <laughs> it's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't show anyone anything. Um, <laughs> and I was wondering, too, what will be the next endeavor of the People's Front of Judea? You know, Brian was really the one person who was a go-getter in that group. The rest of them were very bureaucratic, where they want to pass policies, agree, have meetings, which is what Judith, like, you know, is protesting against. And yet none none of them really seemed to stand up and go out go out there, you know? Especially in that scene in the, the middle yeah, scene. Yeah, they're you know, afraid they, of being judged, when, and the, only the outspoken douchebags seem to be the one who also knows the leaders of every other club seem to be the ones who can put it out there. They have the guts. <laughs> but they don't, like, because Brian was the one, they're like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna hinge on him except for when they go through the tunnel because they have the plan to um kidnap pontius's wife and <laughs> um which you know that's amazing when they come out the, oh there's they they have the new mosaic tile and it's the woman jerking off the guy and they come out of the fig leaf spot where the penis would be it's like little hidden moments I gotta that are just that so thing. Uh, there, are, <laughs> uh, there are plenty of easter eggs where it's like the right people get it <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny so um yeah, so it's just, but in that scene, again, it's the leader of this group is Reg, and and they're like, okay, so we're going to go down this way in the tunnel. Reg won't be joining us as he has a bad back. And he's like, solidarity, brothers. <laughs> Bye. I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go home late for you guys. <laughs> as he has oh, a bad back. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. <laughs> so, Very cheeky. That makes me, that's why I'm wondering, like, I think the People's Front of Judea, they're going to be together as a group, but I doubt they're going to really do much more adventurous <laughs> things because none of them really like do stuff, you know, <laughs> they, they like to just talk about things, but not actually put the plan into action. I think much. that's kind of just like, it's kind <laughs> of a symbolic of like every kind of protest or even just political and social talk is <laughs> like yeah <laughs> the right people who could totally be right for this just don't make time for it <laughs> exactly <laughs> they're all talk no game <laughs> do you have any specific moment before we wrap things up that's like your absolute favorite moment of the movie oh, man there's definitely a bunch of other just kind of walking about scenes where you get to see some of the other colorful characters uh but oh the haggling uh, scene Sorry, Haggling. that's a great. Yeah, that, that could work. Yeah. Um, overall, I just feel like it's an all-together solid movie. Like, and unlike Holy Grail, where you could take out any moment and it's easy. You know, the setup is simple, or you know, it's like this is one giant walking joke. So you gotta. It would be just as bad as only reading part of a verse and misinterpreting it. You know, in a in a Bible, you gotta. The whole thing is literally one comedic Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yes it'd be like coming in late into a daily show skit and wondering why someone's jumping on the on the desk briefly is like well you missed the setup so you're not going to get this you're get, you know it's it, it's kind of it's almost as bad as when you see people watching an award show and again they come in in the middle of it it's like well you heard the foul mouth part but you didn't get what they were going for so do the whole <laughs> thing before you say that's not funny or that's overdone <laughs> yeah i'm very curious about people now or who haven't had the experience of watching this and if they 
you know, we don't live in the time now where most people have cable. So it's not like you're, most people are going to flip through and suddenly be in the middle of it. But if they happen to walk into a room or turn something on and it's halfway through, I'm so curious how people now days would respond to it. I just feel like this is a movie, though, that's kind of timeless because the fact that it's referencing something that continues to be this weird dominating thing religion right that it's you know people put so much of their life and their belief and their their values into it and attach themselves so much so but I think I'm just curious I guess someone who hasn't watched it what they would experience if there's any different nowadays or anything (laughs) I I don't recommend it as the first one I mean and you got to see like the main pythons and I recommend that anyway just because it would be easier to you know check out just the radical guys who happen to like python and it's kind of like when you are introducing them to star trek the generic people are just going to think oh sci-fi adventure like star wars no it's not what it is but you know good on you if you can accept on that level it is like if you want to get deep you know it's like the right people are going to really really like it and it's like it it, know who your audience is before you waste your breath on them you know (laughs) yeah i'm sure i'm sure there's got to be some python fan who likes python but their religious parents didn't let them see life of brian or they didn't like it because oh you, you just can't question jesus you know <laughs> yeah don't you make fun of that that's blasphemy and right we're getting that recently with the star drag shows where everyone's like oh why is there a gay character why is there something progressive I'm like because ron barry was about an all-inclusive future but i guess he thought it was just a war and science show <laughs> yeah that's what's kind of funny is when people are like why are they being so woke and it's like or are they just trying to include more elements of real life compared to how things were presented before in a lot of movies, you know, things aren't so aren't just like hetero or the one gay person there, like there's all kinds of people and why not represent all of them and let them have a voice and have a spot, you know, <laughs> and it's, but some people it's just like, they're pushing an agenda. It's like, what? Like, they're just showing more variety of people that are on the planet why does that bother you <laughs> you know but yeah they I don't guess... go away or not exist and you're going to see them in your entertainment whether you want to or not i mean it's no yeah. different than having one of your characters be an asshole or a guy who everyone hates who's essential to getting what the character who you do like you know once yeah. i mean for god's sakes i mean to be that closed-minded it's kind of even goes back to the whole argument of the world is not black and white and then i mean you can have people you don't like in the workplace who are still doing their job it's just they're not your friend you know they're your coworker. you know and people seem to always go under the influence you have to either like or hate everything and yes yeah. that's just not how any of this works yeah sometimes you just have to live with stuff and be neutral or just i have people wa- who not I put energy towards like, it but i don't i don't hate it's just i gotta work with them yeah <laughs> yeah exactly their momentum their appeal is not on my same wavelength but that doesn't mean that they're a shithead <laughs> yeah which python movie was your was monty the holy grail your first one? Ooh, uh i would say now for something completely different which summed up a lot of the gags and videotapes we were watching already <laughs> yeah move on slowly but yeah golly grail i've definitely seen the most and brian i've seen about twice and you know and i've seen some of the other ones that like just have maybe like uh, how to irritate people is a favorite of mine which <laughs> only has chapman and cleese isn't necessarily a python production but still a very brilliant tv specialist talking about just all kinds of social disruption <laughs> <laughs> yes i mean i feel like if there's more than one a python cast member in something it's technically a python movie like how we were talking and i i was like does a fish <laughs> called wanda count because that was yeah, the one that, I mean... <laughs> you know because i just it's you know not the most brilliant movie in the world but it's just a good movie to watch to me like there's no strings attached to anything or you know it's just a movie and it's like cute i think it's silly and and i love all the pythons but definitely michael palin john cleese are awesome so it's just yeah it's a cute it's a was just cool because it's like you know it wasn't like with any other person where it's like past that they became a joke or something you know when you saw them doing different things you know when you see john cleese and james bond you saw plenty of other guys just doing hysterical commercials and terry like doing some cartoons and you know writing other specials and gilliam being a very serious sci-fi guy and then especially seeing palin you know just hosting a bunch of pbs and national geographic specials it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like they, they, they all earned it you know it's like they had 
every chance to do everything they want they immortalize commies it was like yeah i know i'm, I'm cool <laughs> yeah i've seen as i've seen faulty towers don't get me wrong but that was way later after you know <laughs> yeah totally and like that's the thing too is just they're gems like if the, any one of them are featured in anything like is it john cleese i think in shrek it's a nice little oh, yeah. thing to have him in there i'm just like that makes me more happy just the fact that he's there <laughs> yeah so great yeah did from... you see their final tour no i didn't oh yeah so that was a surprise gift for my my father <laughs> it was their going away tour and and that was a lot of fun just to see it live on an amc you know theater you know being oh, broadcast yeah. worldwide and and to see some of the, just again all the greats just get together and you know Clues is way out of shape but again just it's just so such a cool interactive experience oh that sounds amazing kind of jealous <laughs> 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 but i'll have to look it up see if i can stream yeah, it yeah and it somewhere. was on pbs a year later that was the kick and i was like yeah i censored some of it but it was that's the thing you can censor some of python and it's still funny and yeah it's it's just cool to just see how it all flows how there's so many different factions to it <laughs> yeah absolutely it's really just to me out of so many things that have impacted the world i think they're one of the best things to have come together and, and changed the world in a way to me like not like they completely changed the world but just put something amazing into the world to me that brings people together that brings laughter and happiness and i'm forever grateful to them <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being a friend <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, just a great thing for everyone to remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Cam. And thank you, everyone, Anytime. for listening. Um, Cam, do you want to plug in your podcast and tell everyone a little bit about it? Yeah, Stacked Up Review Show has taken on all kinds of music band history to movie franchises that inevitably, you know, <laughs> go downhill. And uh, the main, the main gist of it has also just been kind of just tackling pop culture, but trying to get a feel for it. Like when would you have probably had seen it, but really, really, why did you see it? And why did it stick in your mind? Besides the fact that you saw it late at night, one night on, you know, whatever channel and put the pop in the culture so to speak and uh, it's been great going into some of these tv shows and seeing how they all appeal to everyone why they're why they're more than just bingeable why they're just very well crafted material everything from bosch and ted lasso to all the various other horror sci-fi shows we recently did them in lovecraft country which was a neat way of just kind of summing up these two 1950s set uh, yes terror fantasy tells I'm interrupting because I was listening to that and okay. that's like okay. recently and I was just like, I have not seen these and now I really need to see them, which is like every time I listen to an episode, I'm like, wow, I don't know anything about what they're talking about. Now I have research to do and things to watch, but it's great because yeah, I, I love hearing about it. Much, nope. It hard. it always, it intrigues me. It doesn't, doesn't, especially because I haven't watched it. So sometimes I'm like, I don't really know what they're talking about, but the discussion <laughs> is very interesting and it makes me want to watch it. So it's really cool. Like I like just randomly throwing whatever episode on and I'm always learning or hearing about something new. So it's really awesome. And you have good guests and stuff. So okay, highly you. recommend. Uh, shit. I love it. Nice. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Cam, for coming on and talking about Monty Python with me. Absolutely. Everyone's got to laugh eventually, you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening and take care. Hi, everyone. That takes us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Please follow me on Twitter at RamblingRONI, on Facebook, Instagram at Rambling Ronnie's Podcast. And if you have any kind of topic suggestion or if you want to give me any feedback on any of my episodes, you can contact me at RamblingRonnie'sPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much again for listening and take care.